0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome friends to another R slash malicious compliance video. If you want to help out and do one little thing, make sure to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by Hocus Pocus Witch Focus. Oh, you won't let me do my job? Okay, then. I'm currently working at a small office doing customer service to Finance Uni. Last summer, I got assigned with a new superior when my old one went on maternal leave. Mind you, at this time, I'd been doing my job for close to two years. Every colleague said that I was doing a great job, my error quota was really low, and so on. My primary task is answering the phone to help customers with all different kinds of questions they have. Secondary tasks include handling the mail, checking application forms, etc. If I don't know an answer, I'll transfer the customers to next level support, which is really just my colleagues without a fixed term contract. The guy I was assigned to is the most aggressive, micromanaging dude one could imagine. He insisted on sitting next to me for a six hour shift supervise how I talked to people. Pretty sure that was illegal since he could hear every customer call with me. Since that made me incredibly nervous and I told him that, I was very careful and hesitant with my support on that particular day. Other colleagues told them about how satisfied they were with my work but he still decided that I was too incompetent to give out qualified answers beyond first level support. Well, that's how my new superior decided that I wasn't good enough at my job and forbade me to give out information on my own without double checking with the next level support. In this case, him and some other colleagues first smile let's just say that in my pettiness i've redirected every phone call that falls into his domain straight to his phone for the last few months his call quota went up from roughly two to three calls a shift to about twenty whenever he's not in the office or doesn't pick up his phone every customer gets his workmail address so he can answer stuff properly since i'm too incompetent to give out answers i've known by heart for two years oh And since he also forbade me to do things simultaneously, an example, answering the phone while working through application forms, because that would increase my error quota, never happened. I've collected a nice amount of overtime Overtime hours aren't paid out where I live, meaning you have to take days off to get rid of them. I'm currently eligible to leave roughly 3 months before my contract ends so I have no vacation plus overtime left when my last day arrives. That's 3 months of him having to do my job full time because he can't get another student to do it before my contract officially ends. If somebody was going to totally put you down at your job that you knew you could do and they said, no, 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 don't do that, you're just too incompetent, would you try to do whatever you could in your incompetence to make sure they get annoyed and overflowed with all these things that you can't do or would you rather just not take it and try to get out of there? Let me know what you would do in the comments down below. Our next story is by Cryptic Slays. You want to keep the coconuts? Fair, take this bill too. This isn't my personal story but one of my neighbors. I'll be talking about the situation from their perspective. Backstory, our building and the neighboring building have a small wall between the two, and on the other side of the wall we have parking areas. Around five cars are parked on our side and three on their side, but on their side they also have a coconut tree that grows on the ground of that building. The tree leans over into the parking area of our building and many a time the coconuts fall and sometimes they hit the cars parked below. We don't have a roof or shed above the car parking area, even though it's been discussed in the building. It's a separate issue, I won't get into the details of it it's just they don't want to spend money for it. Whenever a coconut does fall, the people of the neighboring building always come over to claim the coconut, saying, the tree's on our ground, hence the coconut is ours, and are very rude about it, even though no one in our building bothers with taking the coconut or wants anything to do with it. The only problem we hold with the coconuts is that they damage our cars quite often, and we've asked the neighboring building to do something about their tree because the tree lies on their grounds and we can't do anything about it. Main story, this time it was my car's turn. It was parked under the tree and at about seven in the morning, one of the coconuts fell and hit the windshield of my car, completely destroying it and denting the front hood of the car after bouncing off the windshield. I heard the beeping noise from my car and immediately went to check on it. And lo and behold, I find the people of the neighboring building on their way to take the coconut. Now, I really don't care about the coconut nor did I want it, I probably would have thrown it away anyways but they could have taken the coconut away before I reached it and I would have had no idea what happened to my car and how it happened, let alone explaining it to the people at the insurance, though thankfully we have CCTVs that would have shown me clearly what happened if I asked the society to show me the footage. I was extremely pissed off because they didn't have any form of sympathy and they had the audacity to be rude about it, telling me that the coconut is theirs and they don't care what happened to the car. But an idea brewed in my mind. Since I had CCTV footage of the coconut hitting the car, and the neighboring building loved to scream at the top of their lungs about how the tree is theirs, hence, so are the fruit. Yes, coconuts are fruit. I just claimed the amount on them, considering the damage was caused by their property. They were pissed off when they were sent a letter about the situation, and on learning the fact that they had to pay for the damages caused. A couple of them immediately rushed to my home, essentially shouting at me for why I did it, and I simply said, you can keep your coconuts all you want. Your coconut broke my car, and now you have to pay for it. The society funds had to dish out about 14,000 rupees, approximately 200 US dollars, which is a lot in India, by the way and they weren't happy about it at all. Since then, two coconuts have fallen from the tree. Thankfully, no cars were hurt those times, and I didn't see anyone try to come and take the coconuts. They had to pay 14,000 rupees for trying to be petty about a 30 rupee coconut. Eh, I'd say 10 to 20 coconuts in the past maybe three years. So maybe like 600 rupees worth of coconuts. Well, if you ask me, I would say regardless of who wants the coconuts or not, considering the tree is growing on their property, it's their responsibility if something falls off of it. Of course, depending on where you're at the laws are going to vary, but I think if you're growing a tree that has fruit and that fruit grows and falls into somebody else's property and breaks something of theirs. You can't just go, oh, that's not my fruit. It's like, well, yeah, it is. It's your tree. Our next story is by Jason McFlurry. Only managers should be running breaks. I'm a team lead for a fast food company. Sometimes I'm in charge of little things in my zone for the day. Management agrees one of those things is making sure everyone gets their state-mandated lunch break on time. Well, except for one manager. One day, I started running breaks on time, and before my coworker D even clocked out, manager K stopped them. D was sent back to position, and I was corrected on my actions of running a break without a manager's approval. I had the break covered. It wasn't a peak hour, and we weren't drowning in orders. And it was their scheduled break time. Malicious compliance time, and everyone else in my zone was okay with this. Brakes don't get run. D stands at position for another solid 2 hours. We're 2 hours behind breaks. D's getting close to a rest violation, which is at 5 hours. At 4 hours and 55 minutes of no break, K comes rushing around the corner to cover D's break before she rest violates. At the end of my shift, 3 of us violated. I was pulled into the office. K was asking me to give her a good reason to not write me up for what could be a mini HR nightmare. I said I was following her orders and that the entire zone overheard her as well. My zone's breaks are now about 10-15 to minutes early every day now. Good, I'm glad that this entire crew overheard what this bad manager said and were willing to do what's right to call them out on it and also give them a freak out doing it. This is like splashing cold water in their face, a true wake up call to realize hey, let these people do their breaks on time. Let them cover it. It's not a big deal. Our next story is by Brooklyn is Ear. You need to wait for a manager to let you go home. Okay. So I work at a store that sells kitchen appliances and other kitchen related stuff. Normally when we're supposed to leave or go on break, we're supposed to tell our manager. I was helping a long line at Cash and had already been there for 8 hours and assumed they had someone to cover me. I wasn't allowed to use the walkies to ask to be covered to go home. So I quickly found my manager and told her my shift was done. She got really pissy at me and said... Could you really not stay a few more minutes? I tried to tell her, I thought you had someone to cover me. I can stay if you want. She then replied, No, no, just go. But next time, you need to wait for a manager to let you go home. Record scratch. This was never a rule. I asked other people who've worked there for years, and they agreed that it wasn't a rule. I worked again a few days later, and the store was empty. My shift was over, and was about to ask to go home. Then I remember what my manager told me. Q malicious compliance. I continued to wander the store and slightly fix shelves, making sure I was near my manager. After about two and a half hours, she said, You're still here, why haven't you gone home? I replied, You said I need to wait to be told to go home. My manager looked at me as though she was mentally kicking herself. Just go, she said. I clocked out, and that's how I got paid an extra thirty bucks? for doing literally nothing. I mean, this is just smart, right? If you don't mind walking around for a while and racking up a few extra overtime dollars. This person was mean, blunt and said, you gotta wait for a manager. All right, I'll wait on you and you'll pay me while doing it. This next story is by T. G. TGLIN89. I can't take cash for my canteen allowance? Okay. This is not my story, but my brother-in-law's and it came to a very satisfying conclusion today. My brother-in-law's been working remotely since March of last year as part of the IT department for an insurance company. As part of their compensation, they get canteen credit every month. The company didn't stop these payments while everyone was working remotely and gave the employees no chance to spend the credit as the canteen was obviously closed. My brother-in-law got a new job recently and had just over a thousand euro left in his canteen credit. He asked the company before he left, could he take some of it out in cash or transfer it to a co-worker. They would not allow him to do this. Here comes the malicious compliance. He looked up the canteen website, and they allowed you to use your credit to send a wine and chocolate gift set to someone, to see where this is going. So he decided to purchase as many as he could and gift them to himself. This morning, he received 20 gift boxes. OP actually attached a picture of all 20 of these wine and chocolate gift boxes. Honestly like, if you had no other choice. That's not a bad way to go about it. Both of those things will probably last a good amount of time, right? I mean, it is wine. Our next story is by professional call. We can only have battery-powered Christmas lights. Okay. I used to work for a large private company in the UK. They were quite old-fashioned in the way they were structured management style and had a lot of petty rules. One was that the departmental Christmas trees were allowed, but the lights, if any, must be battery powered. This was before LEDs and battery powered lights were ineffective at best, but I was an IT guy malicious compliance, UPS devices are battery powered, so we bought a UPS and connected the tree to that, perfect. We had full Christmas tree lights and everyone was jealous, resulting in several complaints to building services. But we were a secure office and no one could enter, even building services, without permission. As soon as anyone came, we unplugged the UPS and yes, the lights were running from a battery. As soon as they had gone, we plugged it in again. They knew what we were doing, but could do little about it. We followed the rules to the letter. UPS stands for Uninterruptible Power Supply. It's basically something you can plug into the wall to get powered from, but if you unplug it there's still a battery, so it was kind of the best of both worlds solution and they could prove it was running on a battery at least when they looked at it. And our final story of the day is by Rage McAfee. You were just going to get a form to send to your insurance, now you get found at fault for the accident and a court date. Years ago when I was a patrol officer in a police department in a small town in the southeast, I responded to an accident in a parking lot. An older gentleman, around 65, backed out of a parking space and hit another vehicle. Since he was backing and had the duty to do so safely while yielding right of way to the other vehicle, it was his fault. Because the damage appeared to possibly be less than $1000, by state law I didn't have to complete a full accident report but just ensure that the drivers exchanged insurance information by filling out a quick form that they send to the insurance company to let them hash it out. This is quicker and easier for me, and nobody gets a ticket, so everybody wins. I explain this to the older gentleman. I want an accident report, he says. I tell him, sir, if I do that, then I'm going to have to put down that you contributed to the accident. Your insurance will most likely use that to determine you were at fault and will jack up your premium also i'll have to write you a ticket for improper backing stubborn guy insists no i want an accident report so i roll my eyes fill out an accident report figuring that the damage actually is just over thousand dollars so the accident goes on his driver record and definitely affected his insurance premium then i wrote out a 480 hundred eighty-dollar ticket for improper backing Some people just gotta learn the hard way. I love the fact that OP, a patrol officer, went up to this guy and literally said, Hey buddy, I'm trying to help you out here. You don't want to do that. You're going to get a premium spike on your insurance. You're going to get a ticket. Trust me, just hash it out. And the guy just doubles down. Not a very bright individual. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below.